Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Because on this day, Heather Michelle Lawler was at a loss for words. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So I normally say something quippy and like whatever's on the top of my head there at the at the uh, intro. And I went to say it and I was like, I don't remember what I was going to say. And then I remembered happy April 25th. It's the perfect date. From this congeniality, I was gonna be like, "It's not too hot and not too cold. All you need is a light jacket." Is what I was gonna say, Aww. and my brain just went. <laughs> Which is um, doubly funny because in the movie, when she says that, it is also a brain fart, she, and yeah. she backtracks and says, "Oh, because I had the perfect answer to that question." Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So, oops. So, I mean, I guess it was meant to be that I also would forget my words and just freeze. So, (laughs) I guess I'll never be Miss America. Happy Brain Fart Day. Happy Brain Fart Day, everybody. It's it's Tuesday. Well, it's actually Sunday, but it's Tuesday if you're listening to this or, Or you know, any other time. But if you're a good listener and you listened on the day it dropped, like. Then it's Tuesday and it's episode 45. Yeah, it is. 45. 45. It's no, it's six, 65. What's what's 55. the 55? Oh, damn it. I can't <laughs> drive 55. You know what? I think I should just keep my mouth shut during this recording. That's going to be awkward because you have to read today. I do have to read today, um, <laughs> but clearly my quippiness is not on point. Well, it's wait, hang on. I think you're going to have a few minutes before you have to read because I'm hearing a little. Oh, I you, hear it. Oh, this is, is going to save the day. Oh, oh my god! Here we go. Yeah! All right. Woohoo! show within a podcast where we try to figure out if we know the difference between fact and fiction and usually we don't it's america we don't know the truth. <laughs> we've been watching the news welcome welcome to the welcome to the 21st century hey it's confusing speaking of confusing um we have someone here from a very confusing state in our country oh tell me more uh, tell we me have more. a special guest today we have wayne Wayne, you want to tell us hello? Hello, absolutely. How are you guys? We're, you know, living the dream up here in yeah. Iowa. You're in Florida, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's it's beautiful here. Um, born and raised, so Iowa sounds lovely as well. It is when it it's is. not cold. <laughs> right. We yeah. had a freeze warning like yesterday, and it's the end of April, so um, don't appreciate that. <laughs> but. We would probably disagree on what uh, constitutes as cold. As a Floridian, um, I get really bougie. It gets below 70, and I'm like, I'm freezing. 
I'm losing really, it over here. That's how you know when the tourists are there because sure. when it's like 50 degrees, people are wearing shorts. Right. The tourists. Right. And you guys are wearing your full on like North Face like ski parka. Like, yeah, like yeah. just this like fur hoodie. Yeah, it's it's oh, happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So your podcast right. is... Right, Florida Men on Florida Men. I, I, yeah. I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about it, but I just want to say first, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we listened to two or three of your episodes while we were road tripping, and one of them happened to be the one where somebody brought up Jackie Gleason and told a big story about him. Right, right. Which struck me as bizarre because I had found out like two days before that Jackie Gleason was apparently this big guy in the like easy listening jazz scene. So it just felt so um, serendipitous, so kismet that we would that we would be listening to to that episode from you guys. uh, So cool. Yeah. At at that time. Yeah. No, that was was a fun one. Our our research team, um, we were born and raised in Florida, but our research team actually scattered about the United States. And they'll send us stuff. And I'm like, there's no way that's real. There's no way that person's actually from Florida. And then I do like a quick Google and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I get it. I don't know anything about my state, apparently. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on down there. That's why the uh, podcast is fun. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, we basically, Florida Men on Florida Men, we cover um, each show. We cover some Florida Men headlines. Um, we're basically a meme of ourselves at this point um, <laughs> down in Florida. And then we have a, a middle section uh, where it's kind of a uh, get to know the host. Uh, we tell personal stories about ourselves. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the main portion of the show uh, is usually some kind of story or history, uh, legends, lore, um, things that you may have heard about Florida, things that you may have not heard about Florida. Uh, but yeah, we're just Florida-centric. We have a lot of fun. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's a blessing to be able to do it. It's amazing. I I find it hilarious. Yeah. So and be sure to check it out. Like like I said, you helped us through a lengthy road trip not that long ago. So oh, yes. thank you so much. Many many blessings upon you. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so this week you're going to be helping us out with our game show, True Crimes and a Lie. Come now on. our regular listeners know what this is about, but for our first time listeners and a refresher on the rules for you, please. The way this is going to work is I'm going to read the synopses okay. of three crimes. Okay. Two of them are true crime stories. One of them is the plot to some piece of crime fiction. Um, yeah. It might be from a book or a short story or a movie or a play, a plot to a video game, whatever. You get the idea. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be the two of you. It's going to be your job and the job of our listeners at home to see if they can figure out which one is a lie and which ones are true crimes. I'm okay. betting like 50-50 now, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I get every every like every other one I get right. So I need your help, Wayne. I'm so excited, <laughs> honestly, I, and I'm not very uh, competitive. So I, you know, look, I, I'm just here to to learn. So any questions from you? I feel uh, equally nervous and excited. Excellent. <laughs> that is where, exactly what that's you where I be. live when we record everything that we do. So Amazing. That's great. <laughs> uh, all right. So story number one. A long line of children were waiting in line to visit a certain holiday mascot at a shopping mall. Okay. Two full-grown men forced their way to the front of the line and in sight of the children, their families, and all the shoppers proceeded to attack this holiday mascot, much to the horror of the onlookers. <laughs> Fortunately, some of the children actually stepped in and helped it from going too far. Now, the assailants did manage to escape 
and evade Maul's security. However, sometime later, these two men were arrested on drug charges, completely unrelated to assaulting the holiday mascot. I'm guessing they were on those said drugs when they assaulted the <laughs> holiday mascot. <laughs> Um, now, the reason for the assault was a complete mystery to everyone who witnessed it, but it came out later that the attackers believed that this holiday mascot had attacked a friend of theirs. Santa had attacked a friend huh. of theirs. Um, yeah. how, uh, however, uh, it turns out that they, they had bad information. Although the person who attacked their friend was an employee at the mall, it was not... Uh, it, it was not this holiday figure that they beat the crap out of. Oh, so it might not be Santa, right? It could be Easter Bunny. Could you be didn't say. Easter yeah. Bunny or Jack Skellington or <laughs> right. I don't know. Okay. In but my anyway. head, I, I am picturing these guys beating up beating Santa Claus. Beating the crap Claus. out of Santa, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And these kids like stepping in like, don't hurt Santa. <laughs> anyway, okay. I need great. this to be true. I know. I want it to be true <laughs> so bad. And then I want to be like cocaine, a hell of a drug. Right, exactly. Oh, it really can be. Uh, so that's story number one. Okay. Story number two. A young man walked into a bodega. He picked up gum, candy, laundry detergent, cigarettes, you know, bodega stuff. Right. He attempted to pay on a prepaid gift card that made the cashier kind of suspicious. The cashier went to the manager who, upon inspection, called the police. The young man tried to leave, tried to get away, but the doors had been barred by employees, keeping him from leaving. In the ensuing scuffle, the young man bit the store manager and eventually grabbed a can of Axe body spray off a shelf and a lighter from the counter and attempted to use his makeshift flamethrower to blast his way out of the bodega. Come on. <laughs> Though the visual image of some bro with an Axe body spray fire cannon is amusing, the charges were not. <laughs> Police arrived in time to arrest the man and charge him with several crimes, including assault and, and I love this part, criminal weapons possession. <laughs> axe body spray? Apparently, axe body spray is a criminal weapon. I love it. Uh, also, he was charged with fraud because it turns out the gift cards were in fact fake. <laughs> of course. Of course it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you don't, just, you don't, you know, you don't set fire to humans uh, if you have a legitimate gift card. That's, that's really true. Yeah, yeah. I've always said yeah. that. So, yeah, I, I, I think, I like, I like this guy, though. I like this kid. I mean, he got moxie, I will say. He picked yeah. up some Axe body spray. He goes, I know this shit's flammable. Like, that, we're going <laughs> to roll that's it out. A, that's a super villain origin story happening. That really is. Yeah. Axe oh, body spray I man. I love that. Yeah. Who's the hero that fights against Axe Body Spray Man? Uh, B Captain B.O. Captain B.O. <laughs> yeah. Truly, truly the unsung hero. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well, there, there's your next storyline right there. <laughs> I love it. All right. Story number three. A fast food employee working a shift at a drive through window handed a man uh, in a truck his drink turned around to get the man's food, turned back to the window just in time to see a three-and-a-half-foot-long alligator sailing through the window as the driver of the truck drove away laughing. Nice. Unfortunately for the driver of the truck, who we'll call Jay, just to give him an initial, 
Um, he forgot that he lived in the 21st century and the security camera caught not only his license plate, but also video of him reaching into the back of his truck to grab an alligator and throw it through the window of this fast food drive through He was quickly tracked down and arrested. At his trial, he said he was very sorry. And though he thought it was just a stupid prank, he could now see that it was not as funny as he hoped it would be. I mean, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's great. Uh, fortunately, no one was hurt. Jay received a steep fine, community service, probation, and a strict restraining order from the fast food establishment in question. No more Taco Bell for to you, To this sir. day, he is not allowed back. The alligator was returned to the wild unharmed, but probably very confused. Yeah. I was going to wow. say, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for the alligator, not so much for anybody else. Um, no, I, that, that's, it's true. that's fair. Innocent, yeah. innocent bystander in all of this, I mean, really. Animal cruelty, man. Get PETA on that. One hundred percent. And I love that the punishment was like, "Hey, you can't ever come back here." You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. You like, can't. I know. I, do you know what the fast food place was? Yes, I do. Okay, you'll tell us at the end. I'll tell you at the end. Because now I really want to know: was it like White Castle, or was it like Five Guys? Because there's a big like difference there. Like, there's a few restaurant chains that I'm almost positive would have just been like, "All right, all right, man, what's your order?" Uh-uh. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like it's they're fine. like, okay, we got an alligator, y'all. Cool. Not well, a big deal, yeah. <laughs> no. That Not... happened last week, too. Like, uh, All right. So those are the three stories. Okay. So now I'm going to let the two of you chat and yeah. see if you can agree or disagree on which one you think is a fictional plot okay. and which two are actual crimes. Okay, so the first one we had, uh, the mall. The holiday, yeah, they accosted the, um, uh, the person at the mall. The, the the mascot. The mascot. Which I'm assuming you will tell us. Uh, the second is um, the bodega, the bo bo. Right. Um, and the third is alligator man. Okay. So oh. uh, here's the thing. Now that you've said them all, I I um, I I feel like an alligator is tossed through a window every other weekend in Florida. Uh, <laughs> so the odds of that being true are pretty high. I think right. I, I, if I'm being as a as a Floridian, uh, if it wasn't true, I'd be, I would be shocked. <laughs> I mean, this, yes. So, so you're saying that that third story is probably shocking to everyone except Floridians Florida. who are just like, well, yeah, that that's a normal, I did that last. Yeah, that's week. a normal Tuesday night. Yeah, All my right. sister was born in Panama City. I have a fe- <laughs> like I seem to remember that shit going down. So yeah, and I and the thing about it is though that first one um, is just it's oddly familiar. Uh, and I, am I allowed to say what I think it is or what I think sure. it's from? Because sure, I, yeah. I, I, and I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to back this up. But one time, like four Christmases ago, I watched a movie um, with uh, Governor Schwarzenegger, and um, uh, yeah. I can't think of the guy's name now. Um, Sinbad, and they were like, uh, it's "Jingle, Jingle all the way, Jingle, jingle all the way. way." Yeah. So it sounded kind of like that, also kind of like Elf. And so, like, because of it... Kind of like Bad Santa, too. Right. a little Bad Santa, yeah. Yeah, so I just feel like, because I had so many, like, immediate, like, Hollywood options, I was like, maybe that one's not real. And I, I, deep down, I want Flamethrower Boy, I need him to be real. Like, now, like, I needed the first one to be real, I need Flamethrower Boy to be... I need that in my life, so... All right. Um... you know what? I, I actually, I rarely, like, agree with the people, like, because I try and, like, be something different. But I, I have to go with that, too, because my first instinct was bad Santa or, like, yeah, yeah, like one of those kinds of things. And I do want him to be the, this guy to be the new Axe body spray, like, 
spokesperson. So could, could you imagine the fear of everyone else seeing this? Is he a child? It's a kid. It's, a, it's I, I, I'm picturing a kid, but uh, it's, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't say I called him a young man, but I'll give you. I'll give you. I believe he was 18. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I picture him small and just he's he's frightened because he knows he's committed fraud. And his mind goes to immediately, I'm going to set fire to everybody stopping me from leaving here. I love that. Yeah. So I need it to be real. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then you're, you're both saying story number one is the fiction. I think so. Yeah. So story number three is the story of a Florida man. Oh. Joshua James found an alligator on his way to Wendy's. Picked it up with the express purpose of pulling off his hilarious prank. Joshua. Understandably, no one else found it particularly hilarious. I do. (laughs) He pled guilty and was sentenced to one year probation, a $500 fine, and 75 hours of community service. He's still not allowed to return to any Wendy's. Right. At the trial, his father said in his son's defense... He always had a pet lizard. I guess he didn't think nothing of it. <laughs> what? Yes. That's such a Florida thing to say. That you is- know, could you imagine? Imagine going to school for law, okay? <laughs> and you work your way up, uh, you know, public defender, whatever. And, and, and maybe you're a judge. And then this kid walks in, Joshua James. And he's slinging alligators through Wendy's, and you're like, "This is what I'm. This is what I do for a living. This, this is, is my this life. This is my life. It's culminated to I, this. This is what I spent 20 years getting a degree right. for. Right. I actually, I didn't, I didn't take this note, but I remember from my research, the judge who presided over the case said it was one of the weirdest he'd ever presided over, yeah. and he was set to retire in like six months. He was yeah. on his oh. way out. He was and like, you know what? I'm done. After this that one, I'm done. That, done. That's the thing. And I, and I don't know if this is good or bad that I'm so just like used to it. I'm numb to it. <laughs> like people people will send stuff in. They're like, can you believe this? And I'm like, I can. Yeah. I can. Sadly. <laughs> uh, so, goodness. Florida, uh, I love you. So story number two okay. is the true story of a crime that happened in 2014 in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York. Come on. An 18-year-old walked into a bodega on a Saturday yes. afternoon, tried to pay with counterfeit gift cards for $174 worth of merchandise, and then MacGyvered himself a blowtorch to try yeah. to escape arrest. Wow. Uh, I, however, was unable to find any sentencing details, which very much disappoints me. So He got away. Yeah. He's a superhero, That's, and he 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 was he's off like being he's becoming the crime lord that he's going to be. And <laughs> that's canon in my head from here on out. He got away. Right. He's going to hear your show, and then he's going to be like, he's going to call in, and he's going to have this like message for everybody. I hope so. Oh, fuck. Does oh that mean? God. Wait. Does that mean that I have to become body odor man? Would you do one for the people? You're the hero we that that we need. I can be Bo Girl. I'm okay not, with that. Not the one gonna... we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> not the hero we wanted, but the one we well, deserve. We deserve. <laughs> it's the one. We, it's the one this we need. This sounds like it's gonna boost our ratings, so I'm all about it. One hundred percent. Great. Honestly, though, that this it's the sheer just fear factor of that. That's the thing. It's not a normal weapon, you know. Like it's not. If anybody pulls a weapon on you, immediately you're like kind of shocked. Like, what did I do to deserve this? He starts setting fire to the air around you, and you're like, what in the name of Moses is happening right now? You know what yeah. I mean? Plague stuff. It's crazy. 
I that's that's some real terror right there. I'm obsessed. I'm, uh, I, I, and now I want to try it. Now I want to go buy a bottle of Max body spray and go in the backyard and see if it works. See if you can scare the crap out of the neighbor's dogs. Yes. Yeah, please. <laughs> or myself. Like, I would probably post, scare myself. Post it on social. We want to see. I will. Um, but that, of course, means that you both win. Come on. We did it. Uh, so story number one is part of the plot of the movie Mall Rats. No of way! It is. Uh, no the, way! The um the holiday mascot that they beat the shit out of that Jay and Silent Bob beat the shit out of right. is the Easter Bunny. It was Easter Bunny. They ended up being arrested later on as part of the Jay and Silent Bob continuing journey in the right. View Askew universe. Um, but in the movie, Jay and Silent Bob beat up the Easter Bunny because their friend Brody, played by Jason Lee, uh, said it was the it. Easter Bunny who beat him up. It was, in fact, the character of Shannon Hamilton, played by Ben Affleck, who beat up Brody. Because <laughs> Ben Affleck, a di- he's a dick. Because he's a dick. <laughs> right. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob ended up evading mall security thanks to the Batman-style grappling hook on Silent Bob's utility belt. I love it. Obviously. Of course. I love it. Of and that's the course. thing. is It's brilliant about that because uh, I, 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 in my head, I pictured Santa. Uh, I did too. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. You, yeah, but that was so fun. That's brilliant, you guys. It's brilliant. It's really <laughs> good. Yeah, it's fun. And yeah. Well Wait, done. You get to go on our winner's wall on our website. <laughs> yes. Yay. Thank you. I do feel like a little bit of a cheater, though, with the alligator story. I feel like by default... There's a 95% chance it's always going to be real. So, like, just having that in there. I have that like, feeling, too, though. I have that feeling, too, because I've listened to your show enough, and, like, I love Florida weird shit, and, like, no yeah. it, yeah. Well, just, and a crime with an alligator probably happened in Florida, and right. nothing is too weird for a crime in Florida. Like there, there, No, there isn't. And you know what? Every now and then I'll do, like, I'll do, like, a guest spot, and they'll do, like, hey, which Florida man story is true, which one is false? And those get me, because they're oh, all yeah. crazy. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. Even if you say yeah. it's true, you could tell me you made it up today. It still probably happened. The likelihood yeah. of that really happening is super high. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> gotta, love, gotta love Florida, man. <laughs> Poor Gator. Yay. Poor Gator. Poor, I know. I, well, at least he, he's he's back. He's back in the wild. And yeah, maybe he got a good, okay. maybe he got a thing of like, like baked potato and chili. Some nuggies. These people before he got home. Yeah. Yeah. A frosty, a frosty and fries. Yeah, that's good. He went. He it. went home and he's telling all his gator friends like, "Yo, you won't believe what the world is like outside of here. I can. Apparently, I can fly, which I never knew. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> the you're, gator, no. <laughs> you're smoking again, right? Yes. Like we. No one believes you anymore, Alex. We moved out of the <laughs> weed fields for a reason. <laughs> right. Oh, I love awesome. that, you guys. That's so fun. Hey, Wayne, thanks so much for playing yeah. along Thank with us. You uh, can, can you tell our listeners when and where and how they can listen to to your podcast? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, it, it, we New episodes air every single Wednesday uh, at midnight, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Um, and uh, you can find us just by searching Florida Men on Florida Men. Um, our handle for most socials are FMOFM Podcast. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, it's, we're just we're blessed to be doing it. We're very excited. I'm very honored to be here. This was a lot of fun. This is yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, go listen to them. They're hilarious, y'all. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this has been True Crimes and a Lie. Thanks for playing along. Yay.
Yeah, that was a fun one. Yay, so, Wayne, Wayne and Florida man on Florida men. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. And really, genuinely, if uh, <laughs> if you are at all intrigued by that explanation of what Florida men on Florida man is, go check it out. It's, it's totally so worth it. Funny, it like it 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 is like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. So yeah, go go check him out. And uh, Wayne was a wonderful guest. So I'm so glad we got to spend that time with him on a day where my brain was functioning, which was yesterday, two days ago. Whenever it was. Friday. We recorded on Friday. I'm just get, I'm being very upfront and honest with our with our listeners. Apparently, that did not happen live right then. <laughs> and see, I'm gonna edit out all of this honesty because I like <laughs> lying to people. I'm trying to keep an air of mystery, like make oh. it feel like we do all of this completely spur of the moment. No editing. No, no ed- editing. Okay, this, yeah. is all, this is all fly by the seat of our pants. I mean, to be honest, most of it is you just edit out the dumbest parts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we don't script anything. I just edit so. out the dumbest parts, which is why our episodes are only like an hour and 15 minutes long <laughs> instead of six hours long. They're never six hours long. If it's ever that long, it's because we read a whole book. I hope. Yeah, I, I hope. hope. If I'm ever sitting here for six hours, I'm just not gonna be not gonna be about it, y'all. Uh, How's well, that we'd, wine? We'd get through a lot of wine if we did it that way. We would. By the end, you wouldn't understand a damn word we were saying. Tonight we are enjoying uh, one of our favorite wines, though, and like we don't normally promote the wine, like the the wine podcast and stuff, but we usually do have a adult beverage when we're recording. So I opened up a very special bottle from Stones Throw Winery, which is kind of this little gem we found up on the peninsula in Wisconsin, y'all, the the wine country of Wisconsin. Yeah, so Stones Throw Winery is in Door County, Wisconsin, which is beautiful um, up there. Uh, in in the town, I, I think their address is technically in the town of Bailey's Harbor. Okay. Um, but uh, I worked a I worked a summer contract in Door County a couple of summers ago, and Stones Throw Winery was one of these. It was like literally down the street from your housing. Yeah, it was. Where they it, it, was you it was right down the gravel road. Yeah. From, my, from the housing I was in, but it was this place that I didn't. I mean, first of all, Wisconsin, I wasn't expecting to find a winery. There's actually like seven wineries up there. Let alone one that was this good. This one's really effing Um, good. And they (laughs) they ship across the country and their wines are fantastic. So if you're looking for a a sort of... Small business to like... Small family run business to support... Uh, looking for a winery that isn't one of the like the the big ones in California or whatever yeah. that everyone orders from. Check out Stones Throw Winery. They're uh, yeah. they're pretty cool and it's, their wines are tasty. It's fab and like yeah, we we uh, they had a, occasionally they have sales <laughs> and I got a case like a month ago because they had like an end of the season sale and they had like an entire case for pretty much half price of what you would pay and it was a mystery case. So like we basically said we like. They already kind of know what kind of wines we like because we've ordered from them before. Yeah. And then they send us this awesome box and it's like, mmm, wine, good wine, yummy, <laughs> yum, yum. Yes, so, give us delicious things. Give us delicious yum, yums. So now I am, I'm still like a little bit on the mend from my, my woman troubles. Um, my parents, so my mother, I Skyped with my parents yesterday and they have listened to last week's episode and my mom's like, is everything okay with your uterus? <laughs> she didn't say exactly that. <laughs> but like last week I was talking about how I might have a cyst and I've been in a lot of pain. And I went, how do you know? Oh, 
the podcast. That's right. I broadcast my life to the public now. This is what you get for oversharing. <laughs> I always overshare. I just forget that my parents are actually like loyal <laughs> listeners. And they're in San Diego and I'm like, how did you know? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine, mom. That's right. it's, it's all good. It's on the internet. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. The U.S. government knows. You know, they already knew. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's be real. They already know. Oh, Lord Almighty. Oh, but I'm on the men and I got a glass of wine. So we're going to read stories because that's actually what we do. It is. So um, should we go ahead and like jump into that? Yeah, let's do it. And I'm reading. So uh, you get to you get to tell me what to do this week. And <laughs> I just do it. It's like his dream comes true. I, I like this arrangement. <laughs> That is never our our relationship's arrangement. Uh, So this week, uh, we've got a story coming from an author that I had never heard of before I I ran across uh, this story and this author, which seems shocking um, given how much crap is named after him in Missouri, where we met going (laughs) to graduate school. I love it. It's crap. Not stuff, not places, not things. Crap is named (laughs) after him. So, uh, Eugene Field was an American writer best known for his children's poetry and humorous essays. Okay. His his probably most famous work today is a poem he wrote called Little Boy Blue. Oh, like the nursery rhyme. A poem neither humorous nor particularly for children as it is about the death of a child, a weirdly popular topic in 19th century poetry. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's dark. I so, so it's like Grimm, Grimm's fairy tales style, like dark as hell. I, I guess so, stories. except that that's, that's not what he's most known for. He's actually mostly known as like a humorist and, and actually writing children's poetry. Okay. That just happens to be the thing that has stuck around... Most famously. Fabulous. Uh, so info today comes from Wikipedia, because obviously, um, as well as Literary St. Louis, an archive of noted authors and the St. Louis landmarks dedicated to them. All right. The Chicago Literary Hall of Fame website, uh, Fields Obituary in the New York Times. He's oh, dead? spoiler alert, he died. No. Um, and the Federal Writers Project. Okay. All right. So, Eugene Field was born in 1850 on September 2nd. That's my birthday! (laughs) In (laughs) St. Louis, Missouri. That's my birthday! Uh, Today, his boyhood home is open to the public as the Eugene Field House and St. Louis Toy Museum. (gasps) (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. That's amazing. His house was turned into a toy museum. Yep. Okay. It's either amazing or really or fucking creepy. creepy. Yeah. Or it's haunted as hell, uh, which I'm e- also interested in. Eugene's father, Roswell Martin Field, was an attorney known today as one of the attorneys who represented Dred Scott, the slave who sued for his own freedom. Fuck yeah. Roswell Field worked the case pro bono. And filed the complaint in the Dred Scott v. Sanford case, sometimes referred to as the lawsuit that started the Civil War, on behalf of Scott in the federal court in St. Louis. From there, it made its way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, holy crap. Yeah. So he had a strong, strong dad figure yep. and uh, 
taught him the way. All yeah. right. I, I like that. Um, cool. Eugene's mother died when he was six. And since his dad was busy lawyering, um, young <laughs> Field went to live with a cousin in Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, so, like, dad didn't leave. He was just like, I can't give him the attention I need. Yeah. So, I'm going to have... Continued, he continued yeah, to take care of him financially, of but he was, and, yeah. he was busy. I mean, clearly he was a very, very successful lawyer at yeah. the time and doing the, doing the good work. Doing, so. doing the good stuff. Yep. Uh, Eugene had trouble in school. As um, most most of these writers did not like school, which yeah. gives me a lot of like because <laughs> uh, I was always that student. And one of my teachers is I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I don't, and I'll keep it short. One of my teachers from high school and I are now Facebook friends. I'm not going to say her name, but she was the honors teacher and like all stuff. And I took her classes and she was always like, Heather, you're so smart. You just don't apply yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I'm busy doing theater. It's what I care about. <laughs> and here I am. So and they like, that's what writers, like they kind of, you know, they're focused on what they want to be doing and not like everything else. And yeah. eventually they become educated, but on their own terms. Yeah. So it, it seems so like. Don't it, stay in school, kids. <laughs> well, it seems like through grade school, he was just sort of mediocre and yeah. unfocused. Well, and he lost his mom. And yeah. like, I mean. Um, when when he he graduated from grade school and he attended Williams College in Williamstown, Massachusetts, until his father died at age when when Eugene was nineteen. Oh no! He dropped out almost immediately. He then tried Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois, but dropped out after a year. Okay. Then he went to the University of Missouri in Columbia, <gasps> where he spent most of his time playing practical jokes. Fantastic. So he's a UM, he's a University of Missouri he's, like. He's he's a U of M grad. Yeah. Okay. Um, so are we? Hey. The practical jokes included leading raids on the president's wine cellar. Um, that is my favorite joke ever. <laughs> painting the president's house the school colors. I feel like he just had a thing against this president. And <laughs> and he fired the school's landmark cannons at midnight. Oh my. god. Oh, with like actual cannonballs? Um, well, I don't know if he actually fired cannonballs or if he just like set off a gunpowder like gun blast. Po- I'm sure it but, was just gunpowder. But yeah. he, like he created the cannon thunder at midnight on the school grounds. These were some of his most famous practical jokes. All right. Um, he also seemed to flounder around regarding what he wanted to do. While in school, he s- tried acting. He studied law with very little success. Those two go hand in hand, right? And he wrote for the student newspaper. Eventually, after leaving school, he took a trip to Europe. And when he came back six years later, he had spent every, six, sorry, six months later, he had spent every penny he had. Oh my God, this kid Don <laughs> fucked up. It sounds like he was in a good financial position. Like yep. he goes to Europe for well, six years. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Six months? Yeah. You you uh, you lost a bet that you didn't mean to. Um, so he finally landed a job as a journalist for the Saint Joseph Gazette in Saint Joseph, Missouri. He got married. Eventually, they had eight kids. Of course they did. Not all at once. Thank God. Oh, my God. That just made my uterus hurt more. (laughs) He rose through the ranks and became editor of the newspaper, which led to bigger jobs at papers in Denver and Chicago. 
in Chicago, he was fond of making fun of the city's materialism. And in fact, he liked to call Chicago Porkopolis. You know what? I've heard that, actually. Oh, yeah? I have actually heard that because I lived in Chicago for almost three years. And I have heard that phrase. So that's interesting if he came up with that. Yeah. All right. He started publishing poetry and short essays in 1879 and had significant success. Uh, It probably helped him that he could advertise his books in his own newspapers. That is some realness right there. In 1895, at 45 years old, Field had a heart attack and died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did he? So when did he write these like short stories and children's stuff? Uh, in, oh, yeah. the, in the 16 years between okay. 1879 and 1895. Okay. okay. Um, wow. Yeah. But he was only 45 years old and he, he just, he had a heart, heart attack and died. And he had eight kids? Yep. Oh my God. Probably contributed to the heart attack. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, not a laughing matter, heart disease, but yeah, eight kids. That's a lot. <laughs> so, uh, Field has his own star on the St. Louis Walk of Fame. There's a St. Louis Walk of Fame? Apparently. All right. As well as elementary schools named for him all over the country, but specifically all over the Midwest. That's real fucking funny, considering he didn't like school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible uh, post-mortem joke for uh, him. He was also inducted into the Chicago Literary Hall of Fame in 2016. All right, Mr. Field, Eugene, yeah. let's uh, raise a glass to you, sir. We're, drink, we're drinking red wine because it's good for your heart. <laughs> so they say. So they say. So today you will be reading a short story of his called Daniel and the Devil. <laughs> Sounds like an adorable story. Let's do it. Let's start the fire. Fire! Daniel and the Devil by Eugene Field. Daniel was a very wretched man. (laughs) Have an opinion, why don't you? Daniel was a very wretched man. As he sat with his head bowed upon his desk that evening, he made up his mind that his life had been a failure. Oh. Ouch. I have labored long and diligently, said he to himself, and although I am known throughout the city as an industrious and shrewd businessman, I am still a poor man and shall probably continue so to the end of my days unless, unless... Unless what? Here, Daniel stopped and shivered. <laughs> <laughs> well, a that's a hell of an opening. creeped in. So this is like, it's basically Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, except that he, like, feels bad about how shitty his yeah, life is. Yeah, it's, it's Ebenezer with a conscience. Here Daniel stopped and shivered. For a week or more, he had been brooding over his unhappy lot. There seemed to be but one way out of his trouble, yet his soul revolted from taking that step. That was why he stopped and shivered. But... He argued, I must do something. 
My nine children. Okay, so it's a little bi- autobiographical wow. here. <laughs> My nine children. I must do something. My nine children are growing up into big boys and girls. They must have those advantages which my limited means will not admit of. All my life so far has been pure, circumspect, and rigid. Poverty has at last broken my spirit. Can I make a recommendation? Mm-hmm. Sell a couple of your kids. I'll bet you could get good money. <laughs> no. Probably enough to feed the rest of them. The- like, pick your three favorites, sell the rest. Or you can be like the Thens on Game of Thrones and just, just eat, eat them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm not condoning this. I'm just saying this is an option maybe for Daniel, not for real life. This is a story. We're merely recommending fictional cannibalism. Fictional, yes. Only fictional, not the real stuff that happened in Colorado, which I'm not going to go on about right now. I give up the fight. I am ready to sell my soul to the devil. Oh, Oh, wow. So this is like the 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 uh, this is damn Yankees inspiration this right is, here. This is this is the Faustus yeah, legend. It really Although is. I will I I I've got to admit, you said I give up, I am ready to sell, and I went, oh my god, he is gonna sell He's his gonna kids. Sell his babies. Yes, I win. <laughs> nope. Just gonna sell his soul, the devil. It's all good. Sure. You know, some I mean, Hades, what do you Hades really Hades use it for anyway? The determination is a wise one, said a voice at Dan Oh, I thought that was him. Oh god. I think this is the devil. The determination is a wise one, said a voice at Daniel's elbow. Daniel looked up and beheld a grim-visaged stranger in the chair beside him. The stranger was arrayed in all black, and he exhaled a distinct odor of sulfur. Wow. Is that how it works? Apparently. That or uh, Johnny Cash is in his house. And all in black with a gruff voice. Smells a little bit like sulfur. Yeah, you know. Don't don't know what Johnny was smoking. It, it depends on when we were hanging out with him, I guess. Am I to understand, asked the stranger, that you are prepared to enter into a league with the devil? Yes, said Daniel firmly, and he set his teeth together after the fashion of a man who is not to be moved from his purpose. Then I am ready to treat with you, said the stranger. Are you the devil, asked Daniel, eyeing the stranger critically. No, but I am authorized to enter into contracts for him, explained the stranger. (laughs) Are you the devil? No, I'm his lawyer. No. (laughs) There's a fucked up gig. My name is Beelzebub. Of course it is. And I am my master's most trusted agent. So he's not a lawyer. He's, he's an agent. agent. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm Satan's agent. I'm Satan's agent. Like, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, man. That's like, I wonder if Scott Rudin's probably hanging out with <laughs> Current uh, events are always fun. fun. That joke is gonna age really well. It probably will. Anyone listening back to this in two years will go, who the fuck Fuck is Scott Scott Rudin? Rudin. We hope. (laughs) Anyway, 
Sir, said Daniel, you must pardon me, for I am loath to wound your feelings, but one of the rules governing my career as a businessman has been to deal directly with principals and never trust to the offices of middlemen. That is good fucking business advice, y'all. He's like, excuse me, Beelzebub, um, that reeks of sulfur. I don't deal with the agent. I go directly to the source. Thanks. Can you... Can you get him up here? Thanks. I don't deal with lackeys. The affair now in hand is one concerning the devil and myself. And between us two and by us two only can the preliminaries be adjusted. As it so happens, explained Beelzebub, this is Friday, commonly called Hangman's Day, and that is as busy a time in our particular locality as a Monday is in a laundry. (laughs) Okay, so, dear listener, I know that times times have been rough, um, but it it seems that Fridays are a bad day to try to sell your soul because the devil's just overworked. So if you're going to try to sell your soul... Do it on like a Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Definitely not Monday. If you're going to sell your soul on a Tuesday, wait until after you've listened to the new episode of Campfire yeah, Classics. Yeah, do that and then make the decision based on this episode. <laughs> and let the devil know Campfire Classics sent you. And then send them to our Patreon page so you can become a patron. <laughs> I, will, I hope we get wait. a new patron this week called The Devil. <laughs> or would... Would that make him one of our patrons or us one of his patrons if we're sending him souls on Tuesdays? Oh, shit. You know what? I don't even care. Let's do it. Are, uh, is Campfire <laughs> Classics the devil's patron? <laughs> as Monday is in a laundry or as the first of every month is at a bookkeeper's desk... You can understand, perhaps, that this is the devil's busy day. Therefore, be content to make a deal with me, and you will find that my master will cheerfully accept any contract I may enter into as his agent and in his behalf. (laughs) I don't trust this fucker. (laughs) But no, Daniel would not agree to this. With the devil himself and only the devil himself would he treat. Good man. Yeah, he's sticking to his guns. So he bade Beelzebub go to the devil and make known his wishes. Beelzebub departed, much chagrined. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, he pissed off Beelzebub. Presently back came the devil, and surely it was the devil this time. There could be no mistake about it, for he wore a scarlet cloak and had cloven feet and carried about with him as many suffocated smells as there are kinds of brimstone, sulfur, and asafoetida? It starts with ass, so it makes me think it smells like farts. It probably does. Can can you can yes, you spell it for me? It's A S S A F O E T I D A. Asafoetida. Asafoetida. Ass of furtada. Asafurtada, Yeah. Um is a dried latex exuded from the rhizome or taproot of several species of perennial herbs 
Asafoetida has a pungent smell, lending it the trivial name of stinking gum. Stinking gum. <laughs> the odor dissipates upon cooking, so apparently it's edible. Oh, great. <laughs> In cooked dishes, it delivers a smooth flavor reminiscent of leeks or other onion relatives. Well, take that, Gordon Ramsay. Asafoetida is known colloquially as devil's dung. Or food of the devils yeah. in English. <laughs> well, look at that. Well, it's, that's a fun fact. It's Satan shit. It's Satan shit that you can eat. <laughs> Which is why it starts with ass. Ass. Ass of fotita. <laughs> Edible Satan shit. <laughs> you know how at, like, gas stops and, like, uh, airports they sell, like, Iowa poop and, like, it's, like, candy? Or, like, donkey poo? or S- Snowman poop. Snowman and it's, poo. It's a, yeah. it's a marshmallow. Or, or like, a g- jelly bean. Yeah. This is, um, it would come out of, like, a, a stuffed devil. And when you squeeze it, out pops a piece of asafoetida. <laughs> and you eat it and it tastes like you're just eating onion. <laughs> it's like, this tastes like leeks. I don't understand. Candied asafoetida. All right, we're going to contact a chef and see if that can become a thing. <laughs> trademark, trademark. <laughs> Satan's dung coming to your, coming to candy, come and go near you. Candy devil dung. <laughs> Target, are you ready for this? <laughs> the new holiday treat. <laughs> the two talked over all Daniel's miseries. The devil sympathized with Daniel, and ever and anon... A malodorous, gummy tear would trickle down the devil's sinister nose and drop off onto the carpet. <laughs> Ew, gross! Your agent's going to clean that up, right? I, I, where's Beelzebub? He sweeps, right? He's got, he's got a Swiffer or something. All right. What you want is money, said the devil. What will give you the comfort and the contentment you crave? Yes, said Daniel. I, it will give me every opportunity to do good. To do good, repeated the devil. To do good indeed, yes. It's many a good time we shall have together, friend Daniel. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and the devil laughed uproariously. Nothing seemed more humorous than the prospect of doing good in quotation marks (laughs) with the devil's money but daniel failed to see what the devil was so jolly about daniel (laughs) was not a humorist (laughs) he was as we have indicated a plain businessman (laughs) no sense of humor no sense he's like i don't understand why you're laughing i just want your money give me your money now It was finally agreed that Daniel should sell his soul to the devil upon condition that for the space of 24 years the devil should serve Daniel faithfully, should provide him with riches, and should do whatever so he was commanded to do. Then, at the end of the 24th year, Daniel's soul was to pass into the possession of the devil and was to remain there forever." without recourse or benefit of clergy. Surely a more horrible contract was never entered into. Now, I don't know. That sounds pretty good. You're like, okay, so I know I got 24 years. 
uh, to and kick I get to ass. Make, and I get to make the devil do whatever I, I want. want. Like, so I can, like, I can open all these amazing places that actually will benefit people and, like, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I got to burn in hell forever. But he might have ended up there anyways. <laughs> You know, yeah, fifty fifty, right? It it depends on. It, I suppose it depends really on what religion he was following, because some of some of the more like strict and conservative sects of Christianity are pretty sure that there are only like three thousand people who get to go to heaven, and everyone else burns in hell regardless. Yeah, so. and then there's Scientology, where you're gonna like go to the like planet Woozawaka and like. Oh, remember that time we got blacklisted by the Scientologists for making fun of their heaven? Oh, my God. If I start getting, like, tailgated by Scientologists and, like, because they do. They, like, follow people and, like, go after them. So, if, if hey, Scientologists, if you're listening, <laughs> it's just a joke. It's fine. It's have a humorist. <laughs> Except you, you'll know we've made it if, as a podcast. If I start getting stalked by Scientologists. If the Scientologists start stalking us. For jokes that we make. Yeah, and then the Leah show. Remini has me on her show, and I just am like, <laughs> we get to promote the podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> that is our goal. So, okay, everybody, if you know any Scientologists, let us know that we're trash-mouthing them, <laughs> and let's get on this. Let's. I'm fine. I'm fine making my fame that way. It's cool. <laughs> you will have to sign your name to this contract, said the devil, producing a sheet of asbestos paper upon which all the terms of the diabolical treaty were set forth exactly. Certainly, replied Daniel, I have been a businessman long enough to know the propriety and necessity of written contracts, and as for you, you must, of course, give a bond for the faithful execution of your part of the business." This is something I have never done before, suggested the devil. Well, I shall insist upon it, said Daniel firmly. This is no affair of sentiment. It is strictly and coldly business. Damn right. You are to do certain service and are to receive certain rewards, therefore. Yes, your soul, cried the devil. <laughs> Gleefully rubbing his calloused hands together. Your soul in 24 years. Yes, said Daniel. Now. <laughs> I like this guy. Yes, said Daniel. Now, no contract is good unless there is a quid pro quo. That's so, said the devil. So let's get a lawyer to draw up the paper for me to sign. Why a lawyer, queried Daniel. A contract is a simple instrument. I, as a businessman, can frame one sufficiently binding. But I prefer to have a lawyer do it, urged the devil. Oh no, lawyer oh. joke. <laughs> the devil knows lots of them. <laughs> and I prefer to do it myself, said Daniel. When a businessman once gets his mind set, not even an Archimedean lever could stir it. So Daniel drew up the bond for the devil to sign, and this bond specified that in case the devil failed at any time during the next 24 years to do what so Daniel commanded him, then should the bond which the devil held against Daniel become null and void. And upon that same day, should a thousand and one souls be released forever from the devil's dominion. Oh, damn. Oh, shit, Daniel. Atta boy. 
He came to play. He is he is making deals. All right. The devil winced. He hated to sign this agreement, but he had to. An awful clap of thunder ratified the abominable treaty, and every black cat within a radius of a hundred leagues straight away fell to frothing and to yowling grotesquely. Jesus. <laughs> Don't be picking on black cats. They're so cute. <laughs> Although I guess that means... Um, if, listener, you have a black cat, whoever starts meowing and frothing for no apparent reason, During it this, means it means someone within a hundred leagues of you made a deal just with the devil. signed a deal with the devil. Now you know. All right. <laughs> Presently, Daniel began to prosper. The devil was a faithful slave, and he served Daniel so artfully that no person on earth suspected that Daniel had leagued with the evil one. Daniel had the finest house in the city. His wife dressed magnificently, and his children enjoyed every luxury wealth could provide. Still, Daniel was content to be known as a businessman. He deported himself modestly and kindly. He pursued with all his old-time diligence the trade which, in earlier days, he had found so unproductive of riches." His indifference to the pleasures which money put within his reach was passing strange, and it caused the devil vast uneasiness. <laughs> Daniel, said the devil one day, you're not getting out of this thing all the fun there is in it. You go poking along in the same old rut with never a suspicion that you have it in your power to enjoy every pleasure of human life. Why don't you break away from the old restraints? Why don't you avail yourself of the advantages of your command? I know what you're driving at, said Daniel shrewdly. Politics. <laughs> the devil's pushing him to be a politician. Oh, shit. No, not at all, remonstrated the devil. What I mean is fun, gaiety. Oh, the, 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 the devil wants him to be gay. <laughs> gaiety. <laughs> I, I love it. What I mean is fun, gaiety. Why not have a good Time, Daniel. But I am having a good time, said Daniel. My business is going along all right. I am rich. I've got a lovely home. My wife is happy. My children are healthy and contented. I am respected. What more could I ask? What better time could I demand? You don't understand me, Daniel, explained the devil. What I mean by a good time is that which makes the heart merry and keeps the soul youthful and buoyant. Wine, Daniel! <laughs> Wine! And the theater! <laughs> you know what, devil? I'm gonna give that to you. Wine and theater makes me feel real gay. <laughs> As in happy. <laughs> I'm using gay in the term of happy the way it's used in the story. Yes, I completely understand. 
I'm just pointing out that when I edit out the sound bite, wine and theater makes me feel gay. People are going to have some questions. Well, you know what? Then they'll listen to the podcast. So <laughs> I love that those are the first two things the devil's like, go do this. Drink wine and go to the theater. If that's what really, if that's what the devil's pushing is like wine and theater. So he's it's not so the bad. devil's Dionysus. It's not so bad. No, it's not so bad. Unless we are the scum of the earth, as they used to think back in the, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> good old days, as in like thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago. Last week. <laughs> Wine, Daniel. Wine and the theater and pretty girls and fast horses and all that sort of happy, joyful life. <laughs> pretty horses and fast girls. <laughs> Fast girls, not so bad, but pretty horses, that gets a little weird. That's like I've a, seen Equus. That's something, well, that, and like, I've heard of those shows you can watch in Tijuana. Which I'm pretty sure comes <laughs> up in a Jane Silent Bob movie. Which throws back to true crimes, it, yeah. Uh, is it, that in, in Clerks? I think it's in Clerks. They like go the watch show? a donkey show and they're like, that was not what I wanted to be. All right, back to gaiety and wine. All right. Tut, tut. Tut, cried Daniel. No more of that, sir. I sowed my wild oats in college. <laughs> Damn yeah, right you did. did. Yeah. <laughs> Drank all the president's wine. I sowed my wild oats in college. What right have I to think of such silly follies? I, at 40 years of age, and a businessman, too. Well, first of all, I'm almost... I'm, I'm coming up on 40, and I um do very much enjoy wine and theater and fast horses. Yeah, but only for the next couple of years. Once I you like, turn 40, that's all over. I like pretty girls, too. I mean, like, not like that. <laughs> Most of my girlfriends are quite pretty. Pretty women. Pretty women. Oh, yeah, I've only got two more years. Okay, so. So not even the devil himself could persuade Daniel into a life of dissipation. All you who have made a study of the businessman will agree that of all human beings, he is the hardest to swerve from conservative methods. <laughs> the devil groaned and began to wonder why he had ever tied up to a man like Daniel, a businessman. <laughs> boring motherfucker. Pretty soon, Daniel developed... An ambition. He wanted reputation. And he told the devil so. The devil's eyes sparkled. At last, murmured the devil with a sigh of relief. At last. Yes, said Daniel. I want to be known far and wide. You must build a church for me. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh wait, <laughs> wait! Is this is this Elron Hubbard? <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! What? Shrieked the devil, and the devil's tail stiffened up like a sore thumb. He just gave the, gave the devil a hard on. <laughs> kind yeah, of. but a backside hard on. <laughs> the devil would have a backside hard on. <laughs> 
got a big stick up his butt. Uh, yes, said Daniel calmly. You must build a church for me, and it must be the largest and the handsomest church in the city. The sitting shall be free, and you shall provide the funds for its support forever. The devil frothed at his mouth. The blue fire issued from his ears and nostrils. <laughs> he was the maddest devil ever seen on earth. I won't do it, roared the devil. Do you suppose I'm going to spend my time building churches and stultifying myself just for the sake of gratifying your idle whims? I won't do it. Never. Then the bond I gave is null and void, said Daniel. Take your old bond, said the devil petulantly. <laughs> but the bond you gave is operative, continued Daniel. So release the thousand and one souls you owe me when you refuse to obey me. Oh, Daniel, whimpered the devil. <laughs> How can you treat me so? <laughs> Haven't I always been good to you? Haven't I given you riches and prosperity? Does no sentiment of friendship... Hush, said Daniel, interrupting him. I have already told you a thousand times that our relations were simply those of uh, one businessman with another. <laughs> it now behooves you to fulfill your part of our compact. Eventually, I shall fulfill mine. Come now, to business. Will you or will you not keep your word and save your bond? The devil was sorely put to his trumps. <laughs> but when it came to releasing a thousand and one souls from hell, ah, that staggered him. He had to build the church, and a noble one it was, too. Then he endowed the church. <laughs> it also has a different meaning, I know. And finally, he built a parsonage. Altogether, it was a stupendous work, and Daniel got all the credit for it. <laughs> the preacher whom Daniel installed in this magnificent temple was severely orthodox, and one of the first things he did was to preach a series of sermons upon the personality of the devil, wherein he <laughs> inveighed most bitterly against that person and his work. How ironic. <laughs> By and by, Daniel made the devil endow and build a number of hospitals, charity schools, free baths, <laughs> libraries, and other institutions of similar character. What did I say? I said, you make him do all this crazy yeah. shit. Yep. Then On balance, he's doing yep. all right. Then he made him secure the election of honest men to office and of upright judges to the bench. <laughs> Oh, I love Daniel. It almost broke the devil's heart to do it, but the devil was prepared to do almost anything else than forfeit his bond and give up those 1,001 souls. 
By this time, Daniel came to be known far and wide for his philanthropy and his piety. This gratified him, of course, but most of all, he gloried in the circumstance that he was a businessman. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, my God. Oh, I love him. I love Daniel. Have you anything for me to do today? Asked the devil one morning. He had grown to be a very meek and courteous devil. Steady employment in righteous causes had chastened him to a degree and purged away somewhat of the violence of his nature. <laughs> On this particular morning, he looked haggard and ill. Yes, and he looked, too, as blue as a whetstone. <laughs> I am not feeling robust, explained the devil. <laughs> to tell the truth, I am somewhat ill. Oh, poor baby. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it, said Daniel. <laughs> so you're Daniel, okay. I'm sorry to hear it, said Daniel, but as I am not conducting a sanatorium, I can do nothing further than express my regret that you are ailing. Of course, our business relations do not contemplate any interchange of sympathies. Still, I'll go easy on you today. You may go up to the house and look after the children. See that they don't smoke cigarettes or quarrel or tease the cat or do anything out of the way. <laughs> now, that was fine business for the devil to be in. But how could the devil help himself? He was wholly at Daniel's mercy he went groaning about the humiliating task. The crash came at last. It was when the devil informed Daniel one day that he was not going to work for him anymore. You have ruined my business, said the devil wearily. A committee of imps waited upon me last night and told me that unless I severed my connection with you, a permanent suspension of my interests down yonder would be necessitated. <laughs> well, I have been running around doing your insane errands. My personal business has gone to the dogs. I wouldn't be at all surprised if I were to have to get a new plant altogether. Meanwhile, my reputation has suffered. I am no longer respected, and the number of my recruits is daily becoming smaller. I give up. I can make no further sacrifice. Then you are prepared to forfeit your bond, asked Daniel. Not by any means, replied the devil. I propose to throw the matter into the courts. Well, that will hardly be to your interest, said Daniel, since... As you well know, you have recently elected honest men to the bench, and, as I recollect, most of our judges are members in good standing of the church we built some years ago. <laughs> the devil howled with rage. Then presently, he began to whimper. <laughs> the devil's a little bitch. 
For the last time, expostulated Daniel, let me remind you that sentiment does not enter into this affair at all. We are simply two business parties cooperating in a business scheme. Our respective duties are exactly defined in the bonds we hold. You keep your contract and I'll keep mine. Let me see. I still have a margin of 13 years. The devil groaned and withered. They call me a dude. (laughs) <laughs> whimpered the devil. <laughs> I, I, maybe it's done. Dude. It's spelled dude. D-U-D-E. But maybe it's dud. Dude. dude. Late 19th century denoting a dandy. Probably shortened from doodle. Perhaps <laughs> an allusion to Yankee doodle. <laughs> All right. So he came up he came up to earth and he's become a little bitch. Yep. <laughs> they call me a dude, whimpered the devil. <laughs> Who do? asked Daniel. Beelzebub and the rest, said the devil. I have been trotting around doing pious errands so long that I've lost all my sulfur and brimstone flavor, and now I smell of Spikenard and myrrh. <laughs> Pooh, said Daniel. Well, I do, insisted the devil. You've humiliated me so that I haven't got any more ambition. Yes, Daniel, you've worked me shamefully hard. Well, said Daniel, I have a very distinct suspicion that when, 13 years hence, I fall into your hands, I shall not enjoy what might be called a sedentary life. The devil plucked up at this suggestion. Indeed, you shall not, he muttered. I'll make it hot for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you will. (laughs) It's going to be hot, Daniel. But come, we waste time, said Daniel. I am a man of business, and I cannot fritter away the precious moments parlaying with you. I have important work for you. Tomorrow is Sunday. You are to see that all saloons are kept closed. <laughs> I, 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 I shan't. I won't, yelled the devil. But you must, said Daniel firmly. Do you really expect me to do that, roared the devil? Do you fancy that I am so errant a fool as to shut off the very feeders whereby my hungry hell is supplied? That would be suicidal. I don't know anything about that, said Daniel. I am a businessman, and by this business arrangement of ours, it is explicitly stipulated. I don't care what the stipulations are, shrieked the devil. I'm through with you, and may I be consumed by my own fires if ever again I have to do anything with a businessman. (laughs) The upshot of it all was that the devil forfeited his bond, and by this act, Daniel was released from every obligation unto the devil, and one thousand and one souls were ransomed from the torture of the infernal fires. (laughs) 
The end. <laughs> oh, that was oh, absurd. Oh my god, Daniel made the devil his bitch. <laughs> oh my god, I love I that like story it. so oh, much. That was great. That was, that was so fabulous. much fun to read. That was damn ridiculous. Uh, that's another one that I would love to see as a play. <laughs> like that, I would absolutely like. That would be so entertaining to like watch. <laughs> that was great fun. Oh my gosh. Aw, uh, attaboy, Eugene. All right, Eugene. All right. Now I know why he got all the schools named after him. He's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the moral of that story is other than don't deal with businessmen. <laughs> it or, wasn't don't make a deal with the devil because that worked out pretty that worked good. Out pretty good, yeah. <laughs> like, make um, a deal with the devil, but be smarter than him. <laughs> what is the moral of the story? The devil's a little bitch. The devil's a little bitch. That is the that is the moral of the story. I think that's it. <laughs> and he smells like uh an ass an ass uh font uh ass fontine or ass, yeah. ass whatever that thing was. Asafrotata. Asafrotata. Yeah. Yes. He smells like an asafrotata. Um and he's a little bitch. So yeah, that one was delightful. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, your, your mission, should you choose to accept it this week is to order wine from Stone's Throw. Yeah. Uh, go listen to the most recent episode of Florida Men on Florida Man and send us a message on Instagram or Twitter or through email or whatever with the note devil dung. (laughs) Devil dung. <laughs> and if you become a patron this week, just give yourself the nickname The Devil. So we have a patron that's called The Devil. It's called The Devil. <laughs> that would be fun. I like that. Um, but I'll definitely go find us on all the uh, social media places. Check out our Facebook page. But most of all, share it with a friend. Share us with a friend or an enemy or 10 friends. Five friends. It's always five that's friends. That's the pyramid scheme. That's right. I'm sorry. Share it with five friends. I'm not good at pyramid schemes. <laughs> it's well, it's about it's it's about consistency. Slow, yes. It's about consistency. Five friends. One of them can be the devil. <laughs> One of them really should be the devil. I mean, really, like legit. I'd, like I'd really love him to hear this episode so he can so he can call in next week and let us know if it's true. If it's an, if it's a like accurate depiction of his of his personality when he dealt with Daniel. Yeah, yeah. like I'm I'm curious cuz I know that this story was based on actual events. Clearly. But um <laughs> but whenever whenever they say based on actual events, I'm like, okay, yeah, How but based much? on that means yeah. you can you can take a lot of liberties when you say based on actual yeah. events. Yeah. Like so I, yeah, I'd really love to, I'd really love to bend his ear and find out um, how much of it was true and how much of it was, you know, twisted around. Maybe we can get Patrick Page to like play the devil and call in. <laughs> Patrick Page plays the devil in Hades Town, the musical, if you didn't know. <laughs> and he can actually do the low voice that I was attempting to do, but I was talking way too loud. If I really want to do it, I have to come up here. You kind of have to do it right down here. I have to go in here. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be really annoying for everybody. So instead I just yell because that's what I do. Because yelling in low voice is pretty much the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Uh, so devil dung. Uh, devil dung. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, is that it? That's episode 45. All right. Well, um, thank you very much. Until next week, this has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf.
Shit!